Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. Is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com? Waters, Grayson Grunhafer, Sikkim365.com, recruiting analyst, also with 365 Sports. And Grayson, thank you very much for your time. So, how good uh, a feeling was it that they jumped in on Caden Knighton as quickly as they did, and and yet Keenan Hall continues to kind of know what he's doing, and also the players love him. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a great a great sign for Baylor as far as their recruiting class in 2025 and kind of just the direction that they're heading and, and just the momentum that they have right now is, is really, really cool uh, to see and something that I think, you know, fans have been talking about. I, I even think the staff, you know, really wanted to make that change and make sure that the recruiting side of things, um, you know, had momentum, even after a season that wasn't up to standard. And so I think that this was another sign of just kind of the direction that they're heading on that end. I mean, Knighton is a, you know, four-star, kind of right around that four-star territory at the running back position. He fits in need because he's very different than the running backs they have on the current roster. Uh, he runs like a 10-600, so 
blazing speed, definitely a home run hitter at running back. Um, and that's not really something they have on the roster. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can make you miss, a lot of guys that catch the football well, a lot of guys that you know are good on the goal line. Um, but this kind of speed is a little bit different uh, for the room that they currently have. So he fits really well. Um, I still think they're going to take one more running back in this class, and they have a lot of other you know good options available. Um, so yeah, again, Keenan Hall doing a great job. The running back position looks like it's going to continue to get healthier and healthier and stronger and stronger. Um, and adding Caden Knight into the fold definitely helps that. Grayson, uh, have you noticed an uptick since Jake Spavital joined the staff and what they're doing overall? Yeah, you know, I think that the Jake Spavital addition is probably more so the fact that when you bring in a recruit and you show a recruit the offense and you show a recruit kind of, you know, what the trajectory is and, and really the expectation of the offense, um, I think there's a very clear vision and there's a lot of excitement in that as well. And also, I know a lot of people have talked about this, but a lot of these kids in, in Texas high school football right now, you know, a lot of them run a, a spread type offense. And so I think that when you go from your high school and then you come and look at kind of the film that Baylor has and what they're, you know, going to run under Jake Spavitide, I think that it translates really well and gives, you know, a lot of these players kind of a clearer image of, you know, what they're going to be expected to do. And I think it matches more what they've been doing currently in high school. Um, so I think that's a good thing. You know, there's other positions that, you know, kind of look at it differently, right? The quarterback position, obviously, they get to look at Jake Spavitoff's history of um, producing really good quarterbacks, including NFL quarterbacks. And that translates really, really well. Other positions, it's more about the scheme in general and how, you know, Spavitoff's made those various positions, whether it's wide receiver or kind of a hybrid tight end or the running back position so effective. Um, I, I think that is, you know, speaking to recruits really well. I think there's some excitement there with that change in offense. You may have talked about it last week. I wasn't involved, but we did get confirmation from Mac Rhodes this week that Gary Patterson was joining the staff. He dove a little bit further onto the decision-making process. Just what was your initial reaction to that? And what's been maybe some of the reaction that you've heard from around in, in regards to Gary Patterson having a role in next year's team? You know, I think it's a kind of an uneasy feeling, right? And it's not so much whether Gary can coach or not. I think anyone who watches football knows Gary Patterson knows football, can coach defense, is a very brilliant football mind. I think we can all agree on that. But the flip side of it is that so many Baylor fans and people who have covered Baylor, um, you know, remember those kind of tumultuous times, you know, between Gary Patterson, Art Browles, and what that rivalry truly meant you know, during that time period there. And um, it was something really special and also something that led to a lot of, you know, people not really loving Gary Patterson. On the flip side, Gary Patterson blocking pretty much anyone who covered Baylor as well. So there was a lot of, you know, a lo I don't know if I want to say animosity, but definitely some uneasy feelings there. And so I think you bring that all together and now he's on the Baylor coaching staff and you're going to have some people who are like, well, this, this is really weird. And I think most people would agree it's a little weird but then on the flip side, if you look at it from a purely football perspective, you understand the move and kind of what he can bring to the table, what he can bring to the fold from a scouting perspective as well as just a game planning perspective. Um, I think he's going to do some really nice things for the Baylor program. And uh, it is weird, but I think in general it's going to be a, a winning situation for Dave Randy and the entire staff in the football program. So they, we mentioned Knight, and that's 2025, which is almost like 10 years from now with the way things are 
when it comes to commitments, et cetera, but you, you hope you lock him in and keep him. Hall had Demetrius Brisbane and also Ricky uh, Stewart locked in at SMU. He moves to Baylor. Brisbane's now a commit to Baylor. Stewart is still out there. I know Texas has been heavily involved, and who wouldn't be? What are the thoughts about Ricky Stewart and also Baylor? Yeah, so I, I think I kind of want to hit this kind of topic in general. I mentioned this a little bit earlier that I do think Baylor's going to take another running back in this 2025 class. Ricky Stewart is definitely one of the guys that the staff is looking at, one of the guys that the staff would love to have uh, joining the fold as well. Um, obviously, teammates, like you said, with Demetrius Brisbane, also a really good relationship with Keenan Hall. I, I think right now, you know, I, I think a lot of the signs are kind of pointing towards him potentially being uh, at Texas. You've seen crystal balls, various things like that. But the good news for Baylor is they were able to get him in on a junior day visit the same weekend as Brisbane. Um, they were able to bring in multiple other running backs as well that weekend and the weekend following, such as uh, Tiger Ridden, the running back at DeSoto, uh, Michael Turner, uh, the running back at Richland. Uh, you kind of look at those three, and those three seem like three guys that Baylor is really, really working hard on landing, at least one of the guys from that group. All three of them are four-star prospects. All three of them fit a specific need for this Baylor team as well. Um, Ricky Stewart specifically, though, I do think currently uh, Baylor's in a good position. I think it's them in Texas right now. I'd give the slight edge to Texas, but the good news for Baylor is they have some other options available as well who are very, very good. So a lot of really, really interested prospects at the running back position, in large part uh, due, to, due to the hiring of Keenan Hall and the relationships he's been able to build. So I think spring drill starts about a month from now, uh, the, the spring practices. And there's all sorts of different things to look at because of the coaching staff changes or whatever. Is there anything in particular, even though it's a month out, that you would be more focused on than anything else? Yeah, you know, I think that the, the biggest thing going into spring drills is, is kind of the moving part. And the reason why I say that is because there's just so many guys on this roster, uh, specifically on the defensive side, who are kind of like, okay, you know, are they going to play the same position they played last year? Are they going to move? Um, you know, what's that going to look like? Because, you know, specifically you look at the cornerback room and you see like six guys who you feel like are very, very good football players who Baylor can rely on, the question is, do you need six cornerbacks? You know, could you move one of those guys to um, safety? Could you move a guy to star and be a backup there? You know, is that move going to take place? I, I think that's an interesting component. How do things shake up on the defensive line? Um, that's an area that Baylor was still potentially looking at the transfer portal uh, to try to solidify that even more. They weren't able to do that or at least didn't do that on the defensive line. They did that at the jack position with Steve Linton, but not specifically true defensive ends or defensive tackles. So the question is, do some of these, you know, sophomores, redshirt sophomores take that step? Or does Baylor look to the spring uh, to try to add another defensive lineman since they only have one uh, senior defensive lineman, and that's Trevin Maia. So they're still pretty young at that position as well. But you can kind of do that kind of full circle around the entire roster. But I think those two specific areas of the front three, and then the back, you know, four, I think I'm going to be most curious about just seeing how guys move around, if guys move to different positions, various things like that. I think that's going to be very intriguing. Grayson, uh, we talked about this on the podcast, but uh, we got a different audience here, and we're going to talk some 
Win totals here in a little while. Five and a half for Baylor based on the books that we've seen so far. How are you feeling over under five and a half wins for Dave Aranda and the Bears in 2024? You know, I, I still feel like that five and a half number is a pretty good number for Baylor and a number that I think they can get to. And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, that's crazy. They were you know, so bad last year. But even last year when they were terrible, there were still opportunities for them to win some games last year. Um, they just weren't a very good football team. But I do think going into this season, um, there's reason for optimism. I, I think they attacked the transfer portal pretty well. I think they have some young guys who should step up. Uh, and be much better football players, much more consistent football players uh, than they were a year ago. And I think the schedule actually sets up pretty well for Baylor. You don't have a trip where you have three straight road games. You have, you know, some breaks in there with the double bye week that gives you some opportunities to rest up before you go into uh, some tough environments. And so I think for that reason, I do think Baylor makes a bowl next year. That's kind of where I'm at currently. Um, I think the spring could change my mind one way or another, whether I think hey, you know, this ceiling for this team, maybe they can actually get to eight wins or, oh, no, more of the same. Maybe this is more of a four-win team. I think we'll know more about that during the spring. But I think right now, five and a half is a good number for a Baylor team that I do think is going to be uh, a true wild card in the Big 12 next year, just like Colorado. I think those two who are both at five and a half wins projected, I think those two are probably the biggest wild card uh, in the Big 12 as far as just what they could be uh, as far as ceiling-wise but then also how the floor could come out from under both of them. We will discuss this a, a little bit later in the show in about an hour or so as far as the Big 12 over-under on the wins. We did seven yesterday. We'll do our eight what, eight yesterday, yes. and we'll do eight more uh, that were the lower end of the over-under win totals and projections uh, today. Uh, Grayson, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Grayson Grunhaper, Sikkim365.com. Go to the premium section to read a lot of his articles. He'll have like the week of February 12th with a lot of different information and notes about offers, notes about visits and commitments and all that depending on what time of the year it might be. This has been a Rogue Media Network. Oh, shit.